Hi there, welcome back to Board Game Specialists. I'm Carla. And I'm Melanie. And we are on an episode 65. Today we're talking about games that are better than risk. How was this list for you? You know what? It wasn't bad. Uh, and looking back at my list, I find I have games that are like completely different from each other. Because I went with like, well, this aspect of risk would be a good game to kind of play for that. But if you like this aspect, then this would be a good game for that. So if you look at my list and you didn't see the title, you probably wouldn't know what I'm trying to do here. So <laughs> how'd it go for you? Yeah, surprisingly, it was pretty easy. Like I kind of just looked around. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's better. That's better. That's better. That's better. So I <laughs> had quite a list that I could choose from. Yeah, I know it was it was good. But before we get into that, what have you been playing lately? Well, we had a game day at my house yesterday, and you were there, and a couple yeah. of our friends were there, so that was a lot of fun. We played like awesome. from the morning till about supper time, so it was got a lot played and it was great um i got to play a game that you introduced to me called birds of a feather and <laughs> i was really impressed with that we played it a couple times in a row and it's funny like the it the explanation i was like i have no idea what we're doing but you have i think it's 14 cards so it's all gets passed out and you get 14 cards and each of your cards are going to be of a different terrain of birds i guess and then you're the bird cards that you have is also going to have either an egg or a feather or two feathers or three feathers or a wing or a claw or two wings and so on. Um, and what's going to happen is each of these are assigned a different value. And some of them have multiple cards in the deck and some of them are more unique and only have like a few or just a one. And the first round, what you're going to do is you're all going to put a card face down and then you reveal it. And then you get to cross off that type, you know, like the, the type of terrain and the, the symbol off of your little sheet there. So say, okay, great, I've got that turquoise three feathers now. But at the same time, whoever played on that same round, if anybody's played the same type of terrain birds, you get to cross off what they've played also. And then it's like, oh, okay, great, you played a single wing, so then I get to cross that off also. So now I have two in that row, and then they're worth so many values. And then those kind of get pushed into the middle, and you put in a new card. And what's interesting is when you play the second card, you will then again claim your card and the card that matches the color or the terrain, but you also get to match up with the previous round. So if you know, a couple of people had played woods birds as well that you hadn't claimed the first round, then maybe you would play a woods card as well, trying to claim those also. The one thing that can come up, though, is you can play the symbol that has the claw. And what that's going to do is that claw is going to chase away the birds of that same terrain before anybody else gets a chance to match it up. So it, it was... Yeah, the rap, like it was a really interesting, simple game, really. And it's a small game. There's really not that much to it, but it was a lot of fun. And then we're using an app to kind of track everything. And then if you ever got every symbol of one terrain, then you got kind of bonus points for that. Um, me and Cherry tied the first game, and I think I won the second game. So maybe yeah. that's why I liked it so much. But yeah, it was good. really good. 
Um, and then the second or another game that we played yesterday, one that I had played once before, uh, and then we all played, and that's Mystic Path. And Mystic Path is interesting. Like you have this board that has a bunch of holes in it, and then you fill these holes with these little round discs that have a different word of something. And then you fill this in, and then you put your little token on like your starting area and so you start on one of those discs and then you get a cart that has a map and it's gonna send you from one word to another to another and there's a path of 10 words that you're gonna go through and then you get four cards which is not a lot but they are words on either side most of the time it's like opposite so it'd be like soft hard or something like that so you have four cards that have different descriptive words on it and you're gonna be assigning a card well, you do three at a time, so you'll be assigning three cards for what you think, uh, trying to get the others to guess the path that you're trying to go. So maybe I'm sitting over here and I want to go to spam, and then I'm going to go to taxes, and then to airplane. But you only have four cards with words that may or may not be helpful <laughs> for what you have. And then we had like, but then you also get a little token like with an X on it. So you can always say instead of like, maybe it's good. You could be like, not good, you know? So maybe like, I would say like, I'll put good, not good for spam. Uh, and then somebody else at the table was like, no, but okay, but it's actually really pretty tasty. So that's not what it is, <laughs> you know? So, and you get the conflict of opinions that kind of shows, and then you get that, you know what, I just, I have crap words here, so it's not helpful. Um, and then you're trying to make it through so that everybody gets through their path uh, before the fifth, was it fifth round or something like that? Because um, you guess three each time. And then sometimes like, nope, we went the wrong way completely. Uh, so it's it's an interesting game and i think it's one that reveals quite a bit from the people you're playing with <laughs> and the way that they think and what comes yeah. up and then you can like the other people are discussing things and you can't say anything it's like oh and they're like it's like oh my god you guys are so not right right now but you can't say anything so it's just like oh great <laughs> but it's an interesting game it's one that was in it was fun to play and that's mystic path so how about yeah, was, you? What what game have you been playing? Or do you want to talk about any of these first? Yeah, well, I was just happy that we got that. I brought it because I had bought it used and I knew you had played it before. And so I thought, oh, you this will be a good time for you to teach us. So It was, was a awesome. simple really game to play yeah. and learn, like to teach and mm -hmm. learn. Because I had only played it the one time, so I didn't know it very yeah. well. But it's not complicated to no, get going not. with it. Yeah. I thought it would be easier, but it's tricky oh, to like, yeah. get that path. But, yeah, it was good. Awesome. Okay. So two other ones we played yesterday. Um, one was distilled. Now this was a Kickstarter that I just received and Ashley also received. We both, both brought copies cause we weren't sure how many people, if there's going to be more people, we could right. have had two games going if other people want to play. But what you are doing in this game is you have inherited this old rundown distillery or abandoned distillery and you're trying to build it back up to be the best and make the most money um with points obviously so you start out with this with a a, a person a character and it ha they have a an ability which we didn't use throughout the whole game because we had it flipped to the other side and then right some, one noticed halfway <laughs> through we're like oh my god i could have been doing this the whole time but anyway we didn't use that part so it'll be even better next time we play. But 
so you start with this character and then you have this um uh initial recipe or family recipe that you are trying to complete you don't have to i don't think it's necessary to win the game but it does give you big points it's played over seven rounds and you start with um, a few starting ingredients, a little bit of money, and then you start with um, a bar- a metal barrel and one bottle. And so what you do in the game is it's, it's not so much worker placement, it's just action. You just take actions and you go around the table. Um, what you could do in your actions is you could buy um, ingredients from the premium market. You could buy upgrades from the premium market, which are... are mostly people that will help do things for you or some buildings or different things. You can buy upgraded barrels or bottles and those can kind of be like a set collection thing because you want to get some from all the same um, regions or or one from each region. You might need them for different goals because there's about six or seven um, goals that you're all trying to achieve and only one person can achieve them. The first person to do it gets the badge. So depending on what those are um, requiring, and there's a whole bunch in the box, so it can completely change the game. Um, You can just get buy or receive from the basic market ingredients because you always need a yeast and a water Mm -hmm. and some type of sugar to build the more premium um, spirits, like, you know, whiskey, rum, gin, all those kind of things. But how, how you you distill is so interesting because you you do your actions, you go around and you, you can buy all these different things. You can also buy cubes, which are basically like recipe cards that you'll be able to build that type of um, spirit. So at the beginning, you start with none. So you would, you, the only thing you could make is moonshine or vodka. But if you've bought a cube, there's bronze, silver, and gold, and they kind of go up in value for better spirits. So if you bought a bronze one, you'll only be able to make bronze wherever you put that cube. You'll only be able to make that type of spirit. So it might require um, like two plant sugars or something. Now, so you're... Um, your booze will always have to require water and yeast. And however many sugars you put into your distilling, because at the end of the the gathering round or the action round, you will distill your liquor. So you will put your um, yeast in your water, your sugars for however many sugars you have in there, you get to grab an alcohol. So then those will all go in and these are just cards and they will all go into your hand and you will just shuffle them around and you can't see. And then you're going to skim off the top one card and off the bottom, just like I think you would do when you distill. <laughs> I'm not even sure, but <laughs> I'm thinking that's thematic. It's kind of cool, but it is a very big push your luck aspect. And you are hoping that whatever you still needed in that, um, in- like for the ingredients is still there doesn't always work. Didn't work for me a couple times, but that's that's how it is. Most but of the you time you're able always, to do another recipe. Yeah, you're always going to at least make vodka or um, moonshine. So it's not like nothing that you're going to do. They're not worth as many points, but you'll still get to do something. And then the ingredients you skimmed off. So if you did skim off a really good ingredient, you do get to keep it in your pantry. So it's kind of a, you know, it's not all all bad. Because whatever you use to distill that's still in there, it goes away at the end. So you don't have those things. 
But then you will just count up the money that you've made and each card will have some money on top and points on the bottom and depending what alcohol that you have on your player board that you have actually successfully made, then you get the points for that. And then you'll get to grab this label and there's these stacks of labels of the different um, spirits and there's big piles of them. So at the beginning of the game, it's, you know, there's not a big um, race for them because everybody will pretty much get them near the end. Some of them are gone and you won't get these labels. Now you can still make the alcohol, but you won't get these labels to put on your board, which give you bonuses, which, and they're very good bonuses. They can be like getting a free upgrade, getting a free cube, um, just getting a, a free ingredient and all kinds of different things, just getting money. So you do that from round to round. The other thing you can do or the other thing you do after you distill and get your money, which would be you'd be selling it. So you'd have to have a bottle to sell it in and you actually have to have a barrel to make it in. If you don't have those things, you can't make it. There is one thing you can do. Um, I think you can give up points for money if you can't distill anything, but that's kind of the only other thing you do. Or you can age it. And so by aging it, you're going to put it in your distiller or your cellar, I guess those are those spots. You'll place it there. You're going to stick a, um, is it a tasting card? Is it called? Tasting? Flavor. Flavor card, yeah. And you'll yeah. stick it underneath. And then you put your label on top and it'll just sit there. Every round that you age it, you'll get another um, tasting card underneath. Or flavor. What did you say now? Flavor, tasting? Flavor. I called, <laughs> I called it tasting and you said flavor? Okay. Flavor card. So you stick it underneath. And... Uh, then once you do choose to sell it that round, however many flavor cards you have underneath are going to give you extra points. So it's, and for your signature and um, d uh, spirit, you do have to age it. So the more you age that, the more points you get. So it's kind of a strategy of, am I just going to um, make these and sell them and just make a bunch of money? Am I going to age them? But then some rounds you won't get any money. So then you won't have much to be able to do next round. But the round after that, then you'll get lots. So it's it's quite strategic, and there's it seems like there's tons of high replayability because we didn't get through nearly the two of the stacks. We barely got through. We did get through the ingredient stack, but and we also didn't use. Um, there's other parts of the expansion that we didn't use, which are just more cards and more options and things. But it was really neat, and I I think I lost. I came in last, but I chose to not get any upgrades, which I, I usually do. I don't know why I do this. I test this out in games where it's like, I'm going to try and get no tech. I'm going to try and get no upgrades and see if there's a, a way for me to get where I need to get without doing that. But it didn't work. But mostly because I also had bad luck. There was two times I lost my main ingredient and I just ended up making the like vodka or moonshine later on in the rounds where I could have made some really good stuff, but it was fun. And uh, I look forward to playing that one again. Um, another one we played was a party game called Wavelength. You had mm -hmm. it on your shelf and I was perusing. And I'm like, Ooh, I haven't ever tried that. So we got to play that and it was fun. And it's, it's a quick game. I think we played it in like a half an hour. The four of us, you play teams of two and you have this little um, plastic contraption <laughs> and it has this little dial that will go like it's kind of like it's hard to really explain I'm sure you've probably seen this game but 
um, you put this arrow depending where you think something would be. But if you open it up, it'll show like it'll have, I think it's gray, orange, yellow. Gray is the middle and that's where you're trying to get this dial. And then to the outside of that is like orange and then I think yellow. So if you get it in that vicinity, you're going to get points. But what you're trying to do is, um, so if I'm the person setting up uh, like the clue and everything, I will spin the thing around. I'll open it up and see where the dial is. It, say it's like directly in the middle. And then I pull out a card and it says um, soft or hard. And so if it's uh, like, obviously you wouldn't say rock because rock would be on the very hard side. So you'd have to think of something that is completely in the middle of soft and hard. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know, fudge? No, that's soft. Like it, that would have been really hard. We did have this one. Somebody had it and it was very far to the right. And so they just said rock. And so it was pretty, pretty easy to get that one. But we had some goofy ones that came up that we were like, like, I can't, I'm trying to think of one now that was really funny. And we, oh, I, I can't even think, but it, it's hilarious. And I've seen it you know, on reviews and stuff. And I just was like, I just don't get how it's fun. Like, it just seems like, you know, it's just a, you're guessing something that, but when you play it, it is actually really fun because if you get it in that part, you get those points. But before you flip to see what it is, the other team gets to see if you are too far left or too far right, and they can choose. And if they are correct that you didn't go far enough, they also get a point. So there's ways to get points on everybody else's turn. And there's a few times where we were like, oh, it was the something about like cringy and not cringy or something. And Ashley had said um, sugar on paper. Oh, and yeah. Rough to smooth. Rough to smooth. That's what it was. Right. And uh, so Cherry guessed and then me and you got to like counter if we thought it was right. And I'm like, Oh, I know she hates like certain textures. Like she absolutely can't stand certain textures. And I'm like, <laughs> that would make her absolutely go off the deep end. And so I said, I think it's even further. Right. And were we right? No, I can't remember. I think we, we did get that point. Yeah. Cause I was like, well, yeah, but it's sugar on paper. It's like sugar on paper, paper is still like, smooth. It's not deal. like it would yeah. catch and it's not like it'd be sandpaper, but you're like, no, I know Ashley. And I was like, okay, then let's go with much. Yeah. It was funny. <laughs> Knowing somebody makes yeah. a difference in this game. It would be yeah. like, we it's did one is like quirks. fun chores to worst chores. Oh yeah. And I had grating cheese. And most people was like, well, okay, whatever, grating cheese. But I hate, hate grating it. cheese. I don't know why. I hate it. It was like, I will spend the extra bucks to get the pre-grated cheese. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, well, let's just grate the cheese. And it's not like it's hard or whatever. I don't know why I don't like grating cheese. I, it's I not do like not I'm like scared it either. Yeah, so it's like, it. that was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's a bad oh. chore. I hate it. Thank God I have a restaurant where I can take blocks and just throw oh, the fun. machine there. Like, here, do this for I me. I should get you grate my cheese. Even... Yeah, send me your blocks of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy. Good. Awesome. Okay, well, let's get into our top nine. What yes. is your number nine? Okay, so number nine of games that might be better to play than Risk. I have Small World. And... This one was created in 2009, and it's created by Philippe 
um, Kegerts. And Small World is you have this map and you have these different uh, population that you're going to go and it plays very much like Risk. I should point out, I am not a fan of Risk. I've played Small World before, just a one time. It was interesting because you could be like, okay, well, I'm going to be the orc druids. And you put that together and it gives you these different abilities. And you go out and you spread out and you try to gain control and you battle with each other. So very much like Risk. For me, a little too much like Risk. (laughs) So it's not one that... I have in my collection. I played it the one time. I was like, okay. And then it's kind of interesting because at some point you have to decide, like, because you can only have so much or you can only do so much with your faction. And eventually you'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to bring a new one in. And you kind of get rid of all your guys and you kind of start up again. Um, it is interesting. If yeah, you they go like, into decay or something, don't they? Yeah, or something like that, or eradicate or something. Like, and yeah. then all of a sudden, your population goes away, and you bring in a new species. Yeah. Um, if you like risk, you will probably like mm-hmm. this one better. Uh, it's and it looks nice. The artwork is great. The replayability, just because it changes up all the time, is really up there. For me personally, just because of how I feel about risk a little too much like risk so that's why it's at the bottom of my list but you can't talk about games that replace risk and not bring up small world in my opinion yeah. so yeah that's no, my number right. one that's uh number nine yeah. small world yeah i've played it maybe more than once when i at the old game cafe and mm. like not a favorite of mine but much better than risk and like more interesting with the combinations you can make of the factions are kind of cool but yeah Okay, well, my number nine, it's a bit of a stretch, but it's more like a filler that would be (laughs) (laughs) risk-like. But it's still got, like, the airy control to it, but it's with dice. So this is Las Vegas, made in 2012 by Rudiger Dorn. Now, this is... um, so instead of dudes on a map, it's dice on a casino. <laughs> and you are just kind of trying to control these casinos, but in a super fun way where you're just rolling dice and on your turn, you will choose a, a number. So say I rolled like three fives, two sixes and four fours. I don't even know how many dice you get, but let's just say I did that. And I chose to take all my fours and put them on the four because that casino was paying out a hundred thousand, which is big. Now, I would think, oh, okay, well, that's, I probably got that one. But, so that's my turn. Then it passes around. The next person could roll. They might roll five fours and be like, boom, I'm putting it on there. Or they might roll two fours and just start them there. You know, okay, well, I'm going to just go there. And the next time I'll see if I can get them. But I don't want you to have that 100,000. <laughs> and then you just kind of go around the table. And once you're done, all your dice, whoever controls them, Um, meaning you have to have the most pips or the most dice on there. If you tie someone, you guys are out. So I could have put five and that other person could have put five, hoping they'd get another one, but we didn't. And someone came in with a single one four and they would get it because we knocked each other out. So that part to me is so cool. And then the expansion that I have adds some of these like giant dice that will like knock some dice out so you can put one down, kick one out, or you have ones that double add as two dice and all different kinds of things. And it's such a fun game. We play at Christmas. You can play with, I think, up to 
eight, maybe it's six, or the expansion maybe brings it to eight. Amazing. So it's, you know, you can kind of stand around the table and you're doing this. And it just reminded me of, like, when I first played, I was like, oh, I guess it's kind of like a really quick, quick version of, you know, trying to control areas, but right. being able to kick someone out, you know, but it's just more fun with dice and the theme to me is so much better, but that's my number nine, Las Vegas. Perfect. My number eight. So there's different aspect of risk. You have the map where you're kind of spreading out and taking control. Uh, you have your armies that kind of de- evolves and then you have like the dice battle. So my number eight is dice thrown to mimic that dice battle portion of the game. This one was created in 2018 by Nate Chatelier and Manny Tremblay. And this is one that I really like. In fact, I have Dice Throne Season 1, the big box so with the eight characters. I have Season 2 with those eight characters. I have Marvel with those eight characters. And I have the Santa versus Krampus with those two characters. And then I have Dice Throne Adventure that takes your Dice Throne characters and put them into a dungeon crawl. So, I'm a fan. Um, but it's so great because you get the character and you, the, the box, first of all, and how it's all arranged. And you have like your little tray for that one character and you pop the lid and you open your board that opens up in three. And then the artwork that Manny does is amazing. And then you have all your custom dice and each characters on your board have like different areas where there's different, um, attacks you try to activate and you're going to roll the dice and they'll have symbols and numbers on there. And you're trying to get the right combination that will activate one of the attacks. And then you have cards that can mitigate your dice or that can upgrade some of your attacks. That'll either make your attack stronger or give you new type of attacks that you can activate as well. And it's a battle to the death, you know, so you do this, you can roll up to three times, selecting the dice, activate your attack, attack the other players and they attack you and the back and forth. So this is really mimics that dice battle aspect that you'll see in the risk board game and it's just so good i love this game uh and that's my number eight dice throne awesome my number eight i've only played one time but i remember playing it and thinking yes again this is much better than risk and that is the game of thrones the board game this is made in 2011 by Christian Peterson. Have you played this ever? You know what? I owned it for a while. I never played yeah. it, and then I've sold it since. It's a it's a game, I don't know, that you need to own. It's yeah. like, you know, if somebody's, like, enthusiastic and has it, that's who you want to play it with because they would know. There's a lot of different rules in there, but you are different, like, the different families from Game of Thrones, and you are just trying to, like, kind of force your way onto the map, just like you would in Risk, right, and take over as many as possible. There's so many rules that I I can't even remember, but I was big into Game of Thrones, so at the time I was just like, a game about it? Bring it on! And then it was like, oh, it's not really my type of game, but it was much better than Risk. And if I were to play something that, you know, I had to play like a risk-like game, at least something that is more thematic for me was cool because you, each round you can do certain things, but um, in order to like move in, but then people could attack you. So you have to kind of do some defensive things sometimes, but then you kind of want to go on the offense and I can't even list some of the actual actions that you do, but I just remember kind of coming from, we all kind of came from the outside of the board 
And maybe you kind of do that in risk. I can't even remember if you start in the middle or where you start, but we all kind of started on the outside and start to like creep into each other's territories and maybe take over, or you can build alliances just like in risk and promise things that you will never keep and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and it's a very long game too. I don't even know if we completed it because we played it at a cafe and I think, I think it closed before we actually got the final chapter or whatever finished but we we got the main gist of it but that's my number eight game of thrones the board game yeah that one when i got looking deeper into it it's a three player or more so we yeah. have to have like yeah, the kids involved and it seems so take that they're like you know what i just don't think this one will work for us so yeah yeah now it's that it's it looked cool though the components like tons of components either also like it looked really interesting all right, my number seven is by far the oldest one on my list. And this is taking, like, the the element of risk. Like, with risk, you have your armies and you go and you attack. And this game is called Tanks. And it's created in 1985 and there was no um, public or there was no designers assigned to it. But I got this one at first because my kid, my oldest, was big into tanks and models and with these ones you buy this game and it comes like the base game has three models that you assemble put together you can paint them if you want or you can leave them in the beige or brown colors that they are the gray color that they are and they're all very historical uh historically accurate as well and you're replaying these battles and then so you have your tanks and then you have like the arrow that kind of calculates how much you can move your tank by. And then we bought them like a laser pointer that does a straight line so you can see line of sight. And you have these cardboard pieces that you can add to the map that can kind of be like, okay, well, there's a there's a building here and there's trees over there. And then, like you know, so you build your terrain and then you start against you know, on either side of each other and then you send your tanks out and then you move and then you try to get the line of sight of the other tank and then when you do and you're going to shoot at them, now you bring out the dice and you roll to see if you have a successful shot and they can defend. And the whole thing is just like the pure battle. Like it's like if you're playing risk it's like, okay, there is battle and you roll the dice, but it's like it just zooms in on that one battle and makes that into a whole game but just the components was neat with all the tanks and then there was extra like packs that you can buy so we have tanks from like all the different countries um you could buy like upgraded dice and then we bought like the four by four mat that unrolls out and then you have like the and it's just like the map that we got is just like a wooden terrain and you can see tracks and stuff but then you start adding all these cardboard that adds your terrain so it's different every time it was cool my son and his best friend love this game they both got tons and we used to go and drive to calgary once a week for the tanks group that would get together on monday evenings and then they'd play and battle and stuff and it was it was a really neat event to 10 and the the guys really enjoy this game so that's my number seven tanks yeah you've talked about that one before <clears throat> All right. Well, my number seven is a game that is one of from one of my favorite designers, but I don't own this. I've considered it here and there a couple times, except that it's always not my typical genre, but mm. that is Scythe made in 2016 by uh, Jamie Stegmeier. 
And this one is like, it doesn't, you, it is an area control, but you almost don't have to play it that way. <laughs> like you do start in your areas and you do move into the board. Um, you can take over things, but it's not like you um, destroy them completely. You mm. send them back home basically and take their resources. So it's not, everything isn't, you know, um, you don't completely kick somebody off and they like um, are out of the game or anything. It is the way, the winning factor in this one is that you have to collect the, so many stars. And so it's a race almost as more than it is, um, you know, destroying and removing. Um, there's like also the actions that you take on this. You have this player board and you have all these actions on the top of the board that you can take. But once you upgrade these actions, you get to take the actions on the bottom as well which is cool because then you get, you know, better actions as you upgrade. So you have to choose, like, are you going to spend your time upgrading? Are you going to spend your time developing resources, like putting more troops out, I guess, on the board? You have these big mechs that you can put out that are a little bit more powerful. You want to kind of try and visit the factory in the middle because you get these really cool cards that will give you stuff. It's, it's really cool. I haven't played any of the campaigns. There's like some expansions. I haven't played any of that. I've only played the base, but it was really interesting. And when I saw the game at first, I thought, oh, there's no way I'm going to like this game. And I don't know whatever drove me to actually play it, but I actually did like it. And it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. And it's, for me, it would be as close to almost risk that I would like, really enjoy, and that is Scythe, my number seven. Yeah, I want to try that one sometimes. I haven't, haven't played it. I haven't, yeah. no. Mm -hmm. uh, it looks good. I have a lot of Scythe coins. Yeah, those are nice. Because I bought the extra coins just to have yeah. with any games, but yeah. yeah. Perfect. All right, so my number six doesn't match the theme of Risk at all. But it's... I like this one matches risk because it's also area control. And this is probably my favorite area control game. So that's why this one made the list. Otherwise, it's not about battle. It's not about army. So there's some aspect doesn't match as much. But my number six is Viral. And Viral was created in 2017 by Gil Dory and Antonio Susalera. And this one, first of all, is beautiful. You have these bright colors and you have this big board and the brain on the top. And then you have the heart and then you have the lungs. And then you have all these, you know, different organs you would find in the body. And each player plays as a different um, virus. And you have your little, you know, tokens that represent the virus that you are. And it's very cartoony, you know, it's like this one has like little spikes looking up or whatever are sticking out. And then, and the goal is you're trying to infect the body and you're trying to have the most presence in these different organs so that you will score for being the one making that organ sick. Um, but you want to try to make yourself into like a super bug because the body might fight back and send antibiotics. And then if you're not a super bug, it'll wipe you out. And then you'd have to kind of start trying to infect the body again. And you will move from organs to organs, but you got to go through the blood vessel and flow. blood flows a certain way. So you, you got to follow the path and you're moving around. This game is neat. It is so cool. And it's, but it is pure area control. Like you're just trying to control these different organs and be the, 
the person that has the most influence there. So you're the one who gets that organ sick. Um, one thing I really like about this game as well is the play, like the playthrough is so clearly indicated on right on the board that it is easy to kind of keep track of what needs to be done. Uh, once you kind of learn what it all means and then it's like, okay, so now we do this. Okay. Now you do that and you move this. And then there's like, so it makes playing the game, very straightforward just because mm -hmm. it's so well represented and the artwork is adorable yeah, and so the whole theme is neat so mm -hmm. that's my number six viral go to it my number six is brazil imperial and this is made in 2021 by zay mendes now this one is one that is very similar to scythe but a little bit different you um, have the same kind of player board where you can do actions on the top and you can upgrade to have better actions. You are building out on a map and you all start in a, a like in a corner kind of thing. You don't really, um, you do attack other people, but again, it's not like you kick them off the board and they're gone and they can be out of the game or anything. It's more, you just take over some of the things they have and that's basically it. But most of the time, we haven't ever played it that way. We've always played it where we're just kind of building our own empire. <laughs> so we, uh, you kind of move across the map and you build different buildings. You have missions. There's three, and they might maybe not even called missions, but there's three levels of them. And you don't have to go in order. But as soon as you complete three, like all um, one, the first, second, and third, then that triggers the end of the game. So, it, but most likely you do go in order because the one is easier than the second and the second's easier than the third. You can um, get cards as uh, different upgrades. People will help you. You, on the board alone, you will discover some tiles. So there's some that are kind of have a tile in them that are flipped and you want to go see what those are. So there's different ways to do that. They might be animals, which you would just want to collect, but they also might be things that you will have to fight and destroy and you have to have enough power to do that. So you will have to have enough of your um, figures and army power in order to defeat that. And then you will get that tile and it'll give you more points at the end. It's like a, a nicer version, I would say, of Brisk, but a very Euro-y and really cool like the it's a beautiful game the cards and the art on them are so like they look very classic and beautiful it's it's really neat and interesting and uh yeah if you ha haven't tried scythe or this one i don't know which one i'd do first but you should try both of them but that's my number six <laughs> brazil imperial ashley has brazil imperial it's good nice i haven't tried that one yet either mm -hmm. so my number five now, this was a game that my friend had, and he had never played it, and it kind of, honestly, if you look at the game, it doesn't look that great. The theme is interesting. The component looks kind of cartoony, so it's like, well, maybe your kids will like this, so he gave it to me. And this is Monster Menace America. It was created in 2005 by J.C. Connors and Ben Knight. And for the longest time, it sat on my shelf. And I mean, like, at least two, three years. It just sat on my shelf. We didn't play with it. And then one day, I was like, okay, well, let's give this a try. And the game has some big flaws. I will say, like, in the gameplay, there are some big flaws that we came across and then kind of finished the game. And then for the rest of the evening, we couldn't stop talking about it. And we kept kind of like, oh, well, what about this? And it's like, oh, and then there was this. And then it's like, and 
it made such an impact that we just kept talking about it and talking about it. And like and while we're in bed laying and then on the pillows and looking at each other and we're still talking about this game that we had played earlier in the evening is like, okay, there's just something <laughs> about this game that is amazing. And what's neat with this, like you have each play will have a monster. And there's a different monster. You could have like a giant lobster that attacks America. Or you could be like a giant eyeball that attacks America. It's kind of like old monster style. You know, it's like these ridiculous thing. Um, or it's one is like a praying mantis, a giant praying mantis that's attacking or whatever. Um, but they're all like colorful and stuff. So the, the little component that you have like controlling this monster looks cool. And then each player also will control a branch of the U.S. Army. So you could be the Army, you could be the Navy, you could be the Air Force, you could be, you know, like, so you're going to control a different branch of this. And then you could, depending on what you are, maybe you have tanks, maybe you have these fighter planes, maybe you have missiles, or, like, there's different things that you're going to have and control that's going to try to defend America. So... You play both sides. You play a monster side that's going to try to destroy these different cities and storm and stomp on all of these. And the more you do that, the more powerful you become in the first phase because the second phase, then it's like uh, all the monsters battle each other and you try to get the last monster standing wins the game. Um, and then you also play the the U.S. Army portion where you're trying to kind of destroy the other players' monsters to... Uh, protect America and you're going to go and you're going to try to intercept them and trying to attack them and push them away from certain areas and then trying to make them weaker and all that stuff. So the two, like the fact that you're playing both sides is really interesting. You have the whole map and you're trying to get control of this and you're trying to, it's so it's very much area control like risk is it's very much the battle thing such like risk is but this is so neat so we did tweak the rules a little bit mostly it was the second portion of the game where it it didn't quite work for us so we just like i went on board game geek and kind of look and then there was a bunch of suggestions that people had made so we kind of put together something together we wrote it all down we played it that way and for us it's a lot better that way. But, I mean, even playing with the flawed rules, we couldn't stop talking about it. So, and every time we play it, we still get that, oh my god, and then we spend like the whole evening talking about our game experience with this. So just the the experience that it creates is amazing. So that's my number five, Monster Menace America. Cool. All right, my number five is a two-player game. So this is Radlands, made in 2021 by Daniel Pechnik. Now this one, to me, is risk with cards, basically. Um, not You're not on a map, I, I should say, but um, you are literally trying, trying to just destroy the other person, destroy their camps. You start with three camps that are at the back of the table. So you sit across from each other and the um, deluxe version of this comes with this beautiful player mat, which I would like to get my hands on because it's like, it lays everything out where all you, where you place all your cards. It's not necessary, but it would sure be really neat to have. <laughs> and so what you do is you start it with three camps. There's a whole bunch of camps in the game. I think there's like 20 or something. And so you kind of deal them out 
I think you get to choose out of maybe four or five. You choose the three that you're going to use and you'll place them in front of you and they're right at right in front of you. And then you have spots in front of those camps and you're trying to protect those camps because the whole point of the game is destroy the other person's three camps, you win the game. And how you do that is you you have different actions that you can do. You can use actions to like pick up cards or you can use the action. They're multi-use cards, which is really cool. On the top of the card, I believe. Now I can't remember if it's the top. You could just play the card and do that action and then that card is gone. Or you could kind of um, hire that person, if it's a person, and place it down. And you'll have to pay with water. Water is the currency. And you do always get a certain amount of water each round. Like it just refills kind of thing. You can choose to use different things to get more water. Um, You can um, just flip the card over and it's just a single punk, they call it. So it's a one protection in front of your camp. If you have nothing else to do, you have no water, that might be one thing you do is just flip it over. And then um, the other, there's other things you can get, which are um, events. And those kind of go to the left of your player board. And they it's kind of cool because you will have an event and you'll start it. It'll say what level it'll start at. But mostly it'll start at level one and it'll move up each round. And once it gets to the top, that's when it'll attack or, you know, do something to the other camp. So the other person can see it coming and they know what it is because I think they're face up the Mm -hmm. events, right? Yeah. And then like the other player goes. So you might have a few people protecting some of your camps, but the first round you might not have a whole lot of protection. And so all they're trying to do is just attack your camps. And you do get one chance. I think you flip the first time they're attacked, they get flipped over and then once they're attacked again, they're gone. I haven't played it for a while because, again, I can't really find anyone who likes it. <laughs> Me and you have to have a two-day, a two-player game day where we play these two-player right? games that we really like <laughs> that really nobody do. else likes. But I just love this one, and uh, I know you have it and you enjoy it too. Yes, and that's my number five, Radlands. Yeah, I gotta say, Radlands like gorgeous. Game, the artwork is beautiful. Oh, yeah, I is. have the retail version, which is still great because you got the really thick cardboard mm-hmm. components. There's a deluxe version with like the acrylics component yeah. that looks amazing. And there's like one that comes with a neoprene mat that looks amazing. So, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a neat one. All right. My number four matches risk by theme quite a bit. So it's all about the army fighting another army in the battle. And this is Memoir 44. This one was created in 2004 by Richard Borg. And I love this game. The first time I played it, it was funny because this is a two-player game. And we would have game events and then my, my with my siblings and family or whatever. And my brother would be there and say, oh, let's play this one. And I would turn him down all the time. I was like, well, no, we got other people here. So let's play something everybody can play. And I'll play this one some other time. And he really, really wanted me to play it. And I'm like, okay, but like, no. And then I was like, I'll come over to your house one day and we'll play it. And I went over and we played it. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I kind of have the thing where it's like I will buy games as I come across them. I don't hunt them down. I hunted this one down. And I bought it. And it was an $80 game and I didn't blink. Like it was, it was so good. So what's really interesting is you're replaying the Battle of Normandy. So it's like World War II, 
very historically accurate and they kind of will like different scenarios so say well we'll do this battle and then you have the map so you have the map and then you add like all the terrain but based on what it shows you but like okay well there's a bunker here and there is like uh, a bridge there and there was a river that went across here and there was trees over here and then we had tanks here and there was infantry over there and you kind of place all of this and then you have the little minis of the the tanks and the infantry and then there's always four of them and then so you set it all up and then you set the 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 axis up as well and then so and then you replay the battle. Like it tells us like, this is what was happening. This is what was going on. And this was the outcome of the battle. But now you replay it to see how you're going to. So you can move your units, depending on the units, how quickly they move and that sort of stuff. Uh, whether you have, you know, coverage, you know, it's like, oh, I'm in the tree. So I'm a little bit more protected. So I get, you know, like you, you lose a dice when you attack me. So you don't get as many dice. And then you'll roll the dice to do the battles. Like, okay, well, I'm attacking tanks. So you're rolling. So you're trying to get tank symbols or the star symbols. And those are hit. Otherwise, anything else is a miss. Or you're fighting infantry. And then now you're trying to get the infantry symbol on these dice. And these are wooden dice. And this was the first time I played a game with wooden dice. And it's freakishly light. Yeah, they It's like your roll is like, oh, this is, this is weird. And then the game comes so that you get these card holders because you get all these cards. All these actions that you do are controlled by the cards. And the cards will kind of be like, hey, you can move three infantry units in the left panel of the map or in the middle or anywhere on the board. Or, you know, so you try to have have to have the right card in order to control your your units and attack. But and I mean you army games are going to get very intricate and they're going to play forever. And that's my biggest drawback with risk is it's the game that never ends. Mm -hmm. Memoir 44 will play roughly in 30 minutes oh, wow. and you get that neat army battle feel and it looks great. And it, it's quick. It's over fairly quickly. So you could be like, okay, let's do the next battle or you could call it quits, you know, like, so it's not one that, overstays its welcome at all mm -hmm. and i adore this game and uh it's just beautiful so that's my number four memoir 44 awesome my number three is a crossover <gasps> any guesses first one <laughs> uh, i'm gonna guess viral yeah <laughs> ah! <laughs> yeah viral i played this at our old cafe and played it one time and i'm like i don't really like this but i went home and thought about it all night long and those little cute little germs and then I'm like oh I could have probably could have done this or did that and then went back I think the next week or the one after I'm like okay hey, we we gotta try this again <laughs> and so we played it again and then I think I I think I did terrible the first time so of course like it's like I don't even you know I don't even get the strategy of it but thinking about it then played it again and I did a lot better and um, I played it a few times at the cafe since then do you have this one? Yeah. Okay. So we will, we'll have to play this sometime because it mm -hmm. is a very unique, but the theme is so fun and cool. Like it's who neat. would have ever thought of this theme? It's, it's fun. And I, yeah, I really like it. That's my number three viral. Great choice. Mm -hmm. My number three is one that I played for the first time at your gaming event at your restaurant. And this is Wonderland's War, created in 2022 by Tim Heisner, Ben Heisner, and Ian Moss. And, I mean, this one is Alice in Wonderland theme, so it doesn't match the army 
world takeover theme at all, except that you kind of go around and you take in turn and you're putting control on these different areas and then you're trying to kind of battle for the control of those sections. So it has that area control aspect for sure. Um, components are great. The board is beautiful. Um, it's uh, like I've said, I've only played it the one time. Um, pretty sure I was, no, actually I did decent, but I think I came in second. Somebody just kind of sneaked by me at the end there, but it was really interesting. Like you have interesting decision as to where you're going to send your, your control. And it's, um, cause you got to push your luck as well. Like pulling things out of the bag and, you know, and I'm trying to remember things. Like I said, I've already built the one yeah. time. So many aspect of it is nothing like risk except that where you place everything and that and they're trying to gain control of the areas at kind of at the end of each round um which was really interesting and to me i mean it's a, a slightly longer game but it's it kept it a lot more interesting than i find risk it gets to be so and that was really neat so that's my number three wonderland's war yeah, that one has so many mechanics in it because it has the rondelle mm -hmm. first, where you go around and yeah. or go around and collect your cards, and then it has the bag building because you're choosing chips to put in your bag that you can hopefully pull out, and then you have the like risk part of it where you choose where you're putting things and hoping that you have more strength than everybody else at that spot, but. You just never know what will yeah. happen with some of the cards you have. You might have the most, but somebody has a card that can add more or move some around. And yeah, that's a good choice. All right, my number two is Petrichor, made in 2018 by David Chir Chirkop. Now, this one is an area control with raindrops. <laughs> so it's like a super light theme, but it is... Yeah. A mean game like it's not <laughs> you would think oh we're just gonna play as raindrops oh la 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 no it is very mean <laughs> because you are <laughs> trying to like develop clouds that will rain make your rain like land onto these tiles that you want to control but the unique thing about some of these tiles and the game comes with well I have the collector's edition so I have so many different tiles you can make a new game probably a hundred different times because you use you only use a certain amount of tiles depending on player count not a whole lot but what you're trying to do is rain your raindrops down onto the card to be able to control that tile I say card but I mean tile and some of the tiles don't necessarily want you to have the most. Some of them want you to have the second most. So it's really tricky because, you know, how do you plan to not win that tile? Like usually you just go to win everything, win this, win this, have the most. No, I want the second most. Like, so that's really tricky. Um, and then there's different ways how you can do that. It's Use, you use cards as the play mechanic, and they're all different types of weather. So it's wind, snow, rain, and sun, I believe. Wind, snow, rain, and sun, sun possibly. And so you're going to choose one of those actions to play, and that's what you'll get to do. And, and they do different things. So like rain what might let you put a raindrop in a cloud that is not even there. So you get to take this little plastic... Um, almost looks like a little standee with a, a open cloud on it. And then you let to put your little glass raindrop in it, which is so cool. Um, or acrylic, they're probably acrylic beads, but or acrylic like drops. And then 
you're trying to get more in there. And then another card, like a wind, might let you um, blow that cloud over to another tile. And that's how you can get it over. Um, and then sun might just let you grow. Um, so if you already have your raindrops onto a tile, it might grow that tile a little bit more. They all kind of do different things, the actions. But on the same part, what you're doing is after that is done, you get to vote. And so you always have some sort of vote that is either the card you played or the one um, directly after it, which is on a dial. So it's like a clockwise thing. So you would either use like if you had a played a rain card, you could either vote rain or the one after it. Or you can just vote to harvest. Now, the harvest is these two dice that are in the middle of this little table that they you roll them at the beginning and they might start with numbers on them, but you are trying to get them to these wheat symbols. Once they get to the wheat, you have a harvest and that's when all the tiles score. So that's another part of the game is that at the end of the round, the tiles might not even score. So you might have set yourself up completely perfect. <laughs> I like I control this tile, I control that one. I got I'm second on this tile, but there's no harvest. So we don't score this round. It's gonna completely change next round. And from like turn to turn, things completely change. So it's not like you can have this huge master strategy. You just have to play by the seat of your pants. And it's just really unique. And if you are if you like that part of risk where it's like, oh, I just want to, I want to be mean and I want to get everybody, but I want a different theme. <laughs> this is the one to do it. It's so beautiful. Um, that's my number two, Petrichor. Nice. That one does sound interesting yeah. for sure. All right. My number two is a game that I just love. Uh, it's very much like risk. It's, it's battling it's area control. Um, it does not have the dice element. And this is Blood Rage. So Blood Rage was created in 2015 by Eric M. Lang. And this game is just so good. So you have the map of um, Ragnarok is upon us. The world is coming to an end. And like province by province, they're getting destroyed. And as Vikings, you get a lot of honor uh, dying that way. And then you're going to be like you're going down in a battle and you're fighting each other for control of these different areas and then uh and you get kind of glory points for being in battles you get glory points for dying and you're trying to bring in your your guys out and you put them out on the board and you move them around and they're worth different strength and then you can kind of with the cards because there's card drafting as well in the beginning so you'll have goals that you're trying to create which would be like okay well if you have the most control in one of the blue province then you would gain that many points or uh maybe that you get extra and you can up like cards that will allow you to upgrade your abilities for your your army guys or your chieftain guy or the monsters that you can have join your your clan and you'll have cards that kind of add strength to your battle. So you'd be like, okay, hey, we're going to battle. I have this. Yeah, but I have this card that gives me plus five attack. So it kind of makes you that much stronger. And you add all these different things and uh, get the battle. It this, I don't know why. I really, really like this this game. I'm not very girly girl, apparently, because all some of my favorite games are all like glory <laughs> like in battle games but i like this one this one is so clever it's really well designed um if you've never played it and you want to learn it it's on the dies app that teaches how to play that makes it learn so easy 
Um, me and my friend Travis taught this game to Nick last time, and we are amazing teachers because Nick almost <laughs> slapped us in points. <laughs> it was ridiculous. He was just like a couple of points behind us, like, oh my God, because he gone all the way around. Um, it's so neat, though. I really enjoy this one. And then you have like the little minis in the, that you put on the map. So love this game. And that's my number two, Blood Rage. Yeah, I've only played this once, but I'll have to play this with you. I'll get you to teach me. <laughs> Maybe there then I'll win. <laughs> <laughs> and that was your number two? Yep. Oh my gosh, I missed one. Oh, oh there. You? No, no, I didn't. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> my number two is Wolves, made in 2022 by Ashwin Kenneth mm. and Clarence Simpson. Now, this one is. Very similar, I would say, to Risk, only instead of dudes on a map, you are it's wolf packs that are trying to control this map. Um, did you play this at my convention? No, no uh, you would like this, I think. I saw it there, but yeah. Um, yeah, Ashley might be selling this one, so you might have to go. Oh. But it's really cool because you start with um, one alpha and then one um, wolf, um, and they start on the map. You How you play your actions is with these terrain cards. So you have a hand of terrain cards and they each do a certain action. I think in the combination that you play them. And so you can either um, like add, move your, your um, pack and try to get certain things. Because there are some little tiles on the board that you're trying to get that will help you build up your pack or like give you meat or something like, like to eat. Um, there's ways that you can, um, bring out another alpha. I think, um, there's ways you can move across the map and try and you can actually go into other, um, people's packs, not their alpha. I don't believe you can take over their alpha, but if they have like just a single wolf there, you can take them over and then they, I don't know if they die. I can't remember if they go off the board, but they, it helps you improves your little player board. Cause you're trying to upgrade all these little things like your pack movement, your size of your pack and different things like that. The, the card play, like I said, is with these terrain cards, which is really unique because you can use them different ways. I think they are, um, two sided. So depending on what you need at the time, you can use them and then once they're used i think you take a turn to like grab them all back and then you might have to like do one action over and over so you might have to like just return all your cards but it's it's so unique and of course i absolutely love wolves so this theme really drew to me i think we've only played it once or twice but i really want to play it again and yeah that's my mm. number two we're on wolves nice my number one is a game that I played a long time ago when I kind of first got into the hobby. And it was the first time that I saw an area control deck building game. And I was so impressed with it. Um, and this was one that was like, oh, area control. I don't like those. But it was so fun. And I was like, oh, maybe I do. <laughs> so that's Tyrant of the Underdark. This one was created in 2016 by Peter Lee, Rodney Thompson, and Andrew Veen. And this game is so neat. Like I said, I don't own this one. I'm on the lookout. If I come across it, I'm going to want to have it. Um, but 
What's really interesting, because I played it again and I saw the setup last time I got there was set up and I played it and it was neat. Because it's a bit like Dominion where you'll have different cards that gets brought in depending on the games and what got placed. So the game would change from game to game. But you have your starting hand and it's deck building so you can play and then your your hand will kind of move your troops that's on the map. And you will move from areas to areas and if you gain control of different areas you kind of gain points and stuff for that. But then other people will come in and attack and try to take you down. So it is very much like risk as far as the area control onto the map. But then you could place like your shield and kind of like gain control of certain territories and these shields are going to give you points and kind of give you more things that you can do and then or cards that you can purchase and you get more cards so you get more powerful cards of things that you can do. The whole thing works so well. It looks great. Now, from what I understand, there's two versions, like an older version and a new version. And from what I understand, my friend had combined the best elements of both versions and placed them on the same one. So you have the map that's really neat. And then the one that I played, and they got these little kind of colored minis that you have to put your troops down. And you have your little colored shields that you put down and kind of... That's what shows the control that you have. But I really enjoy this game. It's great. And that's my number one, Tyrant of the Underdark. Awesome. My number one is Mission Red Planet, made in 2015 by Bruno Cathala and Bruno Fiduti. Now, this one, again, I played it at the cafe the first time. I think I scored 11 points. And that is really, really low. And I was like, <laughs> I hate this game. And then it was another one I thought about and thought about. And we played it multiple times since then. And I figured out, like, there's so many different strategies in this game. But what you do in this game is you start... Um, everybody has a hand of cards, so they have, like, it's 1 to 10. And these are the actions that you would you would choose one action per round. So you take the card and you place it face down. And then you start, like, the... Um, blast off kind of thing because you were sending these these um your troops or i'm not sure if they're aliens or what they are but off into space but how you do it is with these actions so you have to load them onto these ships first so you'll start with like you start with nine you count down if somebody has use card nine as an action then they get to go and you get to go and turn order so if i was like first player and three of us had nines i would get to go first so I, I can't remember what each action does, but um, say the nine was you get to put three people in one ship. So you would get to put three of your guys in one ship. And then we count down to eight, and that one was you get to deploy a ship, even if you aren't in it. You might deploy one that has just one single person because it's not going to do anything with one person, right? Um, then you can keep counting down and there's all different things. You can move some from ship to ship. You can, um, move once you get onto the planet, you can move them. Like there's all different things that these cards do, but once you've played that card, you don't get it back yet because you have to use an action, I think, to get the, all the cards back again. And so you have all these different rounds, but once you get onto these this planet, there's all different areas kind of like in risk that you kind of move into. And some of them have certain area controls that will give you certain things. Um, you can get different um, 
there's little things around the board that you don't, nobody knows what they are. They're like events and you want to be able to see them. So there's cards that will let you like peek at those. And so you might be able to peek and you'll know that, oh, you don't want to be in this area because this place is going to be like, I don't know, blown up or something. So you, but you don't ever want to know that. So you're like, okay, I'm just going to put a bunch of people there for now. So you think that everyone's like, oh, this is a good spot. I, everyone's going to try and get there. And then you secretly move away. Um, there's cards too that you can get cards and actually plant them under the planet sides of the planet. And then no one can see them so that you can kind of like fake something like what I just said. You can put a bunch of people there thinking, making everybody think it's a good spot to go. Um, then there's, there's ways where you can like move over from different parts of the planet to the other planet, destroy people. And those little, all your little guys will go onto this dead planet. I can't remember what it's called death something, but that can be almost another strategy because if you have a card that allows you, like if you've picked up an event that is like, Oh, you get two points for every person that's on there. Well, you might just try to like, you know, piss people off. So they can continually try to destroy you and throw you onto that planet. And then you're like, little do they know you have the card that's giving you points for all those people. I think I did that one time. That one was fun because I was just kind of walking around trying to annoy everybody. And so they kicked me off there, but it's really neat how the mechanic plays of, you know, you just change one card, one action and whatever to do. And then you like figure out what you're going to do after. And, and the order matters too. It's almost like, a mini programming in there because you think you know what you're going to be able to do, but you don't know what other cards are played and when they're played. And if what you wanted to do is even going to work because someone might've pushed you or kicked you out of that side of the planet and you can't even do what you wanted to do. But it's, it's so interesting and it's plays at a, a decent high player count. I believe, I think we played with like six players, which seems like a lot. Like, I don't know what does risk go up to, like, can you play with a whole bunch? Um, I want to say six, yeah, maybe, well, maybe eight. But this was... Because, I mean, I'm trying to visualize, and then you have, like, the bins yeah. with all the... Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of colors. I think at least six different colors. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, but this is, it's really unique. And uh, do you have this one? I do. Yeah. I have the first, we have to uh, play first version of it, but I've never played it yet. Yeah, no, we'll have to play it sometime. You, I think yeah. you'll like it. It's a... Uh, it's very unique, that's for sure. And it, like each game can be completely different depending on some of the event cards that are out and all kinds of things. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah, my I'm number one, Mission one. Red Planet. Nice. Awesome. So that was our top nine for games better than Risk and I have one crossover. Yeah, only one. I'm not surprised. No. When it comes to area control, like I... We tend to have different tastes. Yeah, we do. I'm more about the battle and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I think I'm more about some area control, but still leave me alone over here. <laughs> I wanna do my own thing. Other than Don't what, bother me. Yeah, a few of them, but Awesome. So nice. Next week we have decided we are going to do our top nine bird games. Spring is coming here yeah. and you know our snow is gone almost completely, finally. And it's today is a, a beautiful day. I think we're going to have some really mm. nice warm weather. So I'm going to get outside. I have, it's actually yeah. Greek Easter for me today. Um, my husband's oh. Greek. So 
it's a Greek Orthodox Easter, and so we are going to have a huge feast at his parents' place. His mom makes just wonderful Greek food, but a huge spread of food. Like it's not just you know one one meat, one this and that. No, there's about five of each things. So there's <laughs> lots of lots of options. So I get to go do that today. Nice. But um, until next time, where can people find you? Well, my Instagram page is Mal's underscore board game underscore room. My Facebook page is Mal's board game room. And my uh, YouTube channel is Mal's board game room. And we also have a Discord channel for the board game specialists. So be sure to check us out there. And how about you, Carla? Where can we find you? I'm on Instagram at board game specialist, all one word. And I have a Facebook page called Board Game Red Deer Board Game Fanatics. Um, it mostly, it has posts from Mal, so she does a, a, most of my uh, <laughs> PR. On there. I we I had basically started it um, with a friend a while ago just to get some more people in Red Deer that are you know into board games and mostly for like trading board games and whatnot, but. Mal keeps us up to date with a lot of, you know, <laughs> new and uh, interesting things and questions and all kinds of things on there. So, yeah, check those out if you can. But until next week, thanks for listening. Bye for now. Bye, everybody.